all is important to us. Hello and welcome to tonight's show. You've arrived at your destination. Connecting. Hi guys, welcome to Glitch in the Code here on Iconic.com. I'm here with Kathy O'Brien. Kathy is the author of Transformation of America and Access Denied, which I've got behind me. And I was just reading as well. Um, came to Kathy's story obviously through David. Um, I work with David Ike and Jamie and Gareth quite a lot. So we're, we're me and Jamie, we speak every day, and Gareth as well. So it's fantastic to get to interview you and chat to you. I've wanted to do this for a long time, so I really appreciate your time um thank you i also didn't want to have to regurgitate your story over and over again because you obviously speak about this a lot as well um but the last couple of years we've seen a lot of what's happened on it i mean you say it's a sliding scale for mind control um but the last couple of years what's happening over the world what was your first thoughts when this started to happen and did it bring back um any kind of feelings of understanding of what was happening but on a global scale how did you match it up well, I am a survivor of MK Ultra mind control, and knowledge is our defense against mind control. And I certainly got a lot of insight into exactly what MK Ultra mind control entails, how it is being systematically used on a global scale to usher in what Adolf Hitler and George Bush and now Joe Biden term the New World Order or the Great Reset or um, the One World Government, whatever we want to call it, it's a centralized government where one, where a, a handful of big guys make all the money and we do all the work. Mind control is needed to make people comply with that kind of a ridiculous um, agenda, especially when that agenda is funded by human trafficking and drug trafficking, and it's rooted in the most horrible crimes against humanity and, and corruption. And I know that because it's been going on my whole life. I was born into it. In the early 60s, I was sold into MK Ultra Mind Control um, Project. It was not an experiment. It was a full-blown project. The information was gleaned from the Nazi and fascist scientists that were brought into the U.S. with Project Paperclip in the wake of World War II. So that mind control that I experienced, which was very robotic until I was used on a White House Pentagon level, is also a form of mind control that picked up where what was being done in Nazi Germany left off. So mind control is something that we all have a need to know. And my experience certainly gave me that insight. And um, I've seen exactly what was happening as soon as mind control masked as a virus was imposed on the global population to force them into compliance. And the more people complied, the stronger the hold was on us all where we all lost our freedoms. We need to understand the components of mind control and be able to recognize it. So I saw it first thing and was encouraged that so many people were already onto it and were awake and aware to the point 
where they had to go all in to usher in this new world order. They were at the end of their hundred year plan. They needed to get it ushered in and they went full bore with mind control, but they tipped their hand in the process, showing everybody what their agenda is. And it subsequently woke people up on a mass scale. So it's um, an exciting time to be alive. It's very exciting for me to see how people are waking up and asking questions as to what in the world is going on and has been going on behind the scene for a long, long time. Now that people are seeing it, it's not new. It's been around a long time. But now that we're seeing it, we can do something about it. Awareness is the first step towards positive necessary change. And that's where I see we are today. So when you look at people, like, would you be kind of classed as what happened to you, a presidential model? Would that would be something that, because it seems like the blonde hair, kind of, we have, we had um, Marilyn Monroe, we seem to have Madonna, and then we seem to have, I would say, Lady Gaga, who was standing behind Biden at one point with a white dress on, blonde hair, looks exactly, is this kind of like, a, almost like a character that they put people in, um, young women in, to carry information across um from one person to the next is this something that's still going on and we're seeing this happen in hollywood repeated to this day yes it, it's happening um on a global scale it's gone on my whole life the politician who approached my father and told him that he could receive immunity from prosecution for um using me in child pornography and trafficking me out to other members of my grandfather's Blue Masonic Lodge. He was given immunity from prosecution if he would sell me into the project. It shows how the US um, Justice Department's been corrupted all along under the guise of so-called national security. This, this national security cover-up has allowed for the secrecy and the proliferation of this to go on. This politician who granted my father immunity went on to become the unelected president of the United States. He also headed the Warren Commission and that was Gerald Ford. The Warren Commission supposedly investigated the Kennedy assassination, which is when these perpetrators of this new world order globalist agenda really gained a strong hold on the US population because trauma is the basis of mind control. And we need to understand that, that when trauma occurs, whether it's sexual abuse of a child like I endured, or whether it's national trauma, our brains respond to trauma with a heightened suggestibility. It's like our, our conscious mind freezes in fright and our subconscious is wide open to being easily led. And that is what happens at, at a time like that. And in the meantime, there's so many aspects of society where mind control has um, infiltrated into, including the entertainment industry, as you pointed out. And there are many presidential models that um, are, are used. Most don't survive. Um, I'm extremely fortunate to have survived my ordeal. I was exposed not only to presidents, but to various drug lords and other world leaders ushering in this, this globalist um, agenda. And as far as the, the, the blonde hair and that 
aspect of it, it's not near as important as knowing that the child has been abused prior to age five. When children are abused, abused prior to age five while their brains are still forming, that's when this suggestibility becomes a basis of their whole brain formation and they're much more compliant and easily led. So that's more of a target than the, the blonde um, appearance aspect, if that, if that answers that question. No, it does. It, I, so the, you sort of talk about intergenerational things. And I, I know you mentioned in, in, in a few interviews I've watched that this kind of can last the trauma um, around about three generations down in the DNA. And that fascinates me, that kind of thing. So this is something that goes on through the family line. So you talk about your father abusing you, but he was abused as well. And this goes on down the lines. And I've, I've seen this kind of happen. The biggest case that, that, that the thing that pops into my mind is Michael Jackson and his kids seem to not be of his DNA, as far as I can tell. And there might be a reason for that. He, I believe, was abused as well as a child. Um, and but there's something here, isn't there, that goes they know a lot about the DNA and how that carries information down the bloodline. Yes, because when um, a when the, you get three generations, then the, the children are born more compliant already. They're already more easily led and highly suggestible. So that's what this pedophile agenda is that's being pushed on a global scale to promote the sexual abuse of children. It's a mind control agenda because they know that when children are abused and especially after three generations that they're more compliant and they're wanting to create a compliant society. This is what the Hitler Himmler research had found in their studies on um, multi-generational incest-based families. So um, when we understand how the genetic lineage works, we find that people who are, um, let's say born into a family of doctors, you know, sometimes that goes generational because that's the kind of genetic information that gets passed on down the line. And um, so you get a family of doctors or a family of lawyers or whatever might be, it's um, kind of a, a crude example, but nevertheless, an example of how that lineage goes on like that. It's fascinating, isn't it? So almost like now with the COVID pandemic, although it's not sexual abuse, it's a, abuse on a global scale, that abuse, depending on how it affects you, affected you, it will pass on that information to the next generation, yes. the next generation. It almost seems like a sort of transhumanism in a way. It is in itself, especially when you add the mask into the mix, because as soon as I saw mind control mask as a virus imposed and, and it having the mask, you know, mm. and the mask is um, used in MKUltra, think, you know, Michael Jackson, he was raised in the same project Monarch, which is a multi-generational project that I was, and he wore a mask. And it was right around uh, age 30, I believe, that he started wearing it because yeah. we get these electrochemical changes that go on in the brain where repressed memory, where the neuron pathways actually physically shut down around trauma so the rest of the mind can function normally. It's the mind's sane defense to trauma too horrible to comprehend. Anyway, those neuron pathways kind of start leaking and opening up and, and repressed memory starts to surface. And oftentimes um, people who have been abused will start remembering around age 30. And apparently 
Um, as that happened, Michael Jackson was masked up. What that does is it not only depersonalizes because we can't see micro muscle movements, but it makes a person feel like they have no voice. We can't hear each other behind those masks, especially from six feet away, which is what it was in the US. We had this social distance we had to maintain. So it was really impossible to even hear each other. Well, most importantly, as it inhibits oxygen to the brain necessary for critical analysis free thought, by masking up the children, especially those under the age of five, we are hindering their actual physical brain development in addition to traumatizing them with this identity depersonalization. And in addition to scaring them by saying, you know, do this or grandma dies, you know, and, and all that the media was promoting has scared the children. We have created a problem that we need to address on a very, um, very conscious scale in order to help the children to heal from the effects of that so that going forward, they don't pass that on down the lineage. Soul is stronger than genetics. David Icke is the one who first, who first came up with that phrase. It just, it just resonated with me so strong because I did not inherit the pedophilia gene. I did not inherit the incest gene. It appalls me. It is so traumatizing that it is the primary basis of my mind control. There was no physical torture, no trauma, no fear. Nothing is horrible as knowing that my own child was being abused. My spirit, who I am, the essence of my being is so against that, so innately against that. And it just is one more proof how soul is stronger than genetics. The, the strength of the human spirit is what these perpetrators of this globalist agenda fear the most, because that's where our strength is. We're so much stronger than them. We're not only are we the majority, but when we, you add the strength of the human spirit to the mix, we have wisdom. Wisdom outthinks their criminal mind every time. We have the strength to stand up for the things that we believe in. We have the strength to stand up for our freedom, to stand up for our children, to keep those masks off our children. We have the ability to make all the difference in the world by having that. So they cannot possess the human spirit. They can't stop us from having our human spirit, but they can stop us from expressing it through mind control. I know from my experience in mind control that without free thought, there's no free will. Without free will, there's no soul expression. Without soul expression, there's no ability to have that strength of spirit. So mind control is their way to inhibit our ability to stand for the things we believe in, to inhibit our ability to have that strength of spirit, to inhibit our ability to overcome the effects of the trauma that's being imposed on our children. That when we realize the importance of that, it's, it's crucial that we all reclaim our free thought, whether it's information control, which is a form of, of mind control, since we all formulate our thoughts, opinions, and actions based on what we know, or whether it's the kind of mind control that can be exerted on a child that's been sexually abused. No matter what it is, we can overcome it and heal and 
regain our free thought, free will, strength of spirit, and stop this handful of low vibration, dark energy force criminals from intruding on our brilliant minds any further. Knowledge is our defense against mind control. When you, you first come out and you started talking about this stuff and you look back at it now, without people like you speaking about it then and, and the books that have been written since about the mind control, the MK Ultra Project, Project Monarch and all these things that were written over the last sort of 40 years, really, we wouldn't have a knowledge of what's happening now. So do you see kind of like it in a different light now? Are you, I'm not saying you're grateful for it, but I'm saying that the, there's more of a purpose. It's like Man's Search for Meaning, that book, um, when he was in the concentration camps, he found meaning in his, his trauma. Do you see more of a meaning in as you kind of got older in what happened to you and a kind of more purposeful or was it hard to kind of like put that into something a little bit that energy into something more positive because it could like Jung's um, shadow, it could have eaten you and it could have taken you down, but you had to bring it out of yourself and do something positive with it. Absolutely. Well, I, that's how, um, how I felt from, from the get go. We, even my last free thought that I remember having after I'd been sold into the project and was losing my free thought. My last free thought was wishing for a place in the world where people didn't hurt each other. And um, and now that I am free to speak out on what I witnessed and experienced deep in the Washington, D.C. swamp, what the purpose is behind this globalist New World Order agenda, um, I feel the same purpose that I have felt my whole life. Um, I, don't, I don't feel any different in, in that regard. It's, um, it's more just exciting to me that people can hear me now. Because when I first started speaking out in the early 90s, people had no point of reference for the information yeah. and didn't, it took a long time to reach this point now where people are more than receptive to the information and wanting answers. Because whether we call it brainwashing, mass formation, psychosis, MK ultra mind control, whatever we want to call it, um, the point is the same. We all know that we have been manipulated and people are waking up. So now people are ready to hear my message, which is more exciting to me than, than ever before. And yet it's still um, all the same within me because it's been important for me to be able to um, protect, protect the children, to protect my brothers and sisters, to protect my own daughter with these these this inside of me, it's like, finally, I have an expression um, for that and an ability to live the love that I am in bringing this, this truth to light. And that's the ultimate ability to live life's purpose. So when it gets to your book, and it's your daughter, Kelly, I believe, um, you were through the last book, well, how did she kind of, she out of that programming? Or how did that kind of come to sort of pass um, with Kelly? Because I know you, in the second book, it's all about you trying to get her out of it as well. Yes, and, and access denied for reasons of national security tells our journey through a corrupted justice system and a so-called child protective services system that 
um, to, to be able to help my daughter. It's really what motivated me to become a whistleblower. It wasn't vengeance. It wasn't hatred for my abusers. That's negative energy and it's negativity is immobilizing. And that negative energy is something they, they took enough of that for me. I'm not giving them anymore. It was love for my daughter that motivated me to start speaking out so that she was understood within that corrupted system. Um, my daughter was hurt very badly in the system and um, has, is still waiting for people to wake up and stop the human trafficking operations that are going on. She is free of the system. She is living the love that she is and um, doing the very best that, that she can to be able to cope with the hindrances that have been imposed on her. And she is a very strong spirit as well. And um, yeah, now now's the time for each and every one of us to start making a difference for, for all those like Kelly who um, strive to be survivors, to strive to be thrivers in this world and to live their life's purpose and without any hindrances of um, the imposed traumas that these global that this globalist agenda um, imposes on people it's got to stop and um, and Kelly is still an enormous motivation for me to keep speaking out yeah I bet yeah and we, we started to see this do you think the whole Epstein thing be, beginning to bubble to the surface was some reason why this all sort of sped up over it over the couple of years do you think it had any kind of played any part of the speeding up of this you know you said they had a hundred years to plan to get this in into play where you have agenda 2030 we understand agenda 21 but the epstein thing came and and obviously we had Ghislaine maxwell she she got convicted but it all kind of like disappeared into the background with this pandemic stuff or pandemic going on but it right. bubbled to the surface eventually didn't it and then they seemed to and you mentioned um, and I want to come back to um, Bill Clinton later because you mentioned something that I found really interesting that he wasn't an abuser, but they seem to bring his name up quite a lot. And I and I, I found it fascinating that that um, someone who's brought up a lot actually probably possibly wasn't an abuser. And they also George Bush Jr. Um, as well, who was abused as well. I think it's very easy to lump all these people in one and not see them as someone who's a victim in the system as well. Um, so do you think the Epstein thing was kind of like something that spurred them into quicking the pace up of this? I, I believe so. That definitely had an effect, but we don't even, they, they never did say who was involved. They never did identify those who did the sexual abuse and they made it look like it was just a few underage girls that are being used when in fact it's little children that are being trafficked and horrifically abused. The child sex trafficking has been going on my whole life. I mean, I was born into it. And what's been going on across the US borders, the, the human trafficking and the drug trafficking is just absolutely horrific. The Clintons have been involved in for a long time. What's going on at Bohemian Grove, all of that. So it's not that the Epstein thing was anything new. It's just that people were finally, their minds were starting to open to that idea more. And my testimony for Congress, Transformation of America, I outlined how rigged um, electronic voting machines were allowing for the steal of elections for a long time. And certain people were being placed within the office of the 
presidency, when in fact it was the same um, power behind the scene that was manipulating the, the politics to usher in this globalist agenda. So the plan was when people became disillusioned with Republicans ushering them in to the new world order, that Bill Clinton as a Democrat would be put in and then it would go back to the Bushes and then back to the Clintons and Hillary Clinton was supposed to be the one to usher in the new world order in 2016. Well, people by that time in the US had caught on to the rigged electronic voting machines and the numbers of people who are awake and aware overwhelmed the algorithm of that system and actually put in a president who would represent the constitutional values of the United States and expose this criminal cabal that was um, bringing in this new world order and that their funding mechanism is drug and human trafficking. Because that came out so strong in 2016 and really, you know, kind of 2015 leading up to the election, the information was just everywhere in spite of the controlled media not telling the people, the people told each other. And there were so many people awake and aware by that time that, that when the human trafficking aspect was exposed and the Clintons identified for their role in human and drug trafficking across the US borders, it helped to have people's minds receptive to understanding what was happening in the Epstein um, Island case. In my experience, um, my daughter and I were both trafficked in the US Virgin Islands where Epstein Island is. And um, the Secretary of State, uh, former Secretary of State mentor to Hillary Clinton, Madeleine Albright, was heavily involved in human trafficking operations back then. This was you know, pre-Epstein. So they, they were kind of just riding in on the same thing. And the most important aspect of the whole Epstein scandal is to be able to go to the roots of it and see, and we're going to find it traced right back to the Clintons again, right back to the Bushes, right back to this whole new world order, um, globalist agenda that we're, that's being forced on us all right now. And called a global reset or one world mm. order, whatever you know, term they wanna to apply to it. The point's the same, that that was a funding mechanism of it. So it's good to see that people are receptive to that. But from my point of view, I saw people waking up to that reality very, very strong um, throughout the nineties even, and then through the 2000s, oh my gosh. You know, one, it's, it's been going on for some time, but by 2016, Awareness had reached critical mass, and it's inexcusable that when elections were stolen so blatantly in the U.S. 2020, when people sheltered at home from mind control masters of virus and all that was imposed, when it's so blatantly stolen, the very first thing that was done was to fling the borders back open to human trafficking because they needed their funding mechanism back. That's how pervasive it is. It's how long it's been going on. It's how deeply rooted it is. And the Epstein Island is just one more opportunity for this whole thing to have been blown wide open, but the media covered it up. We never even were told who the perpetrators were who were involved in, in flying to the island. All that was covered up. And 
um, blaming one one person for it is not going to fix it. Even if we went to the Clintons and blamed just the Clintons, it's not going to fix it. We've got to get to the root of the problem and realize that this is the funding mechanism of exactly what we all are experiencing today. It's fascinating, isn't it? There's obviously Trump acted as a, as a very like you either loved him or you hated him kind of thing. And I mean, there is the elements of that. He was bailed out by the Wilbur Ross, who was the, 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 uh, uh, the bankruptcy uh, head of bankruptcy for the Rothschilds. So people often bring that up. I bring that up myself. But there isn't no denying that that he brought that information that you just spoke yes. about to the public. So regardless if he was an agent of chaos, that happened. Um, what is your take on Trump? I hear this and that, and I can see a lot of good things he did. I see things I don't agree with with the vaccine passports, giving the money to Gavi, taking it from the WHO, but just giving it to Gavi. Um, but I see that actually the highlight of what you just spoke about, he blew that wide open. So I'm kind of on the fence with Trump. What was your kind of take with, with where he was at? Was he just an agent of chaos or what's your take? I love the way you said that. I, it's so refreshing to hear you say that where, you know, sometimes things aren't quite so black and white, you know, and people want it all one way or the other. It's kind of like how the people in the U.S. are following the media. You know, it's got to be this one, one voice of the media that they follow. And, and then when they get lied to and it's obvious they're lied to, then they throw it all out. You know, we need to be just discerning truth on its own merit little by little, instead of waiting on one source of information or one person to make all the difference in the world for us. It's up to each and every one of us to take that on. We got to know our own truth so we can start discerning truth around us and discerning truth of Trump. I certainly don't agree with everything about, about um, Trump, but um, I also wasn't counting on him to be the, the savior of the world. I was very pleased that he brought out the human trafficking operations and exposed people to the root of this corruption so that we can see what this pedophile agenda is being imposed so that we can start protecting our children. And he also, in that process, exposed the mind control agenda and how minds are being manipulated through the media, through controlled media, to... Um, have where their information is altered to a point where they're allowing for criminal activity to proliferate. He did some amazing things. I will take that and forever be appreciate, uh, forever appreciate that. I'm also acutely aware in my own experience in MK Ultra Mind Control in the 80s that my handlers were very much afraid of Trump back then. I was in one situation in Atlantic City, New Jersey, around the casinos, where I was told that if I saw Trump, that he is not one of us. When I'm told, when I was told back then, someone's not one of us, that was do or die for me. That meant if I spoke one word, or if I saw that person, that if I communicated at all, that they, I would be eliminated, that I would, I would die. So why were they so scared of him that they put a do or die on me in the event that I might see him? I didn't see him. Um, I've, I don't know him personally, but it's very interesting that they were so afraid of him back then. I think it's because I was used 
in um, a robotic capacity at that particular time on um, in a presidential model mode. And he was so against mind control and human trafficking that he would have been appalled that that was anywhere even in his vicinity. So they knew that. And um, to me, in my life's experience, that's, that's way more than I think anybody else has been able to accomplish. Certainly the only president who has ever stood up um, against this globalist agenda. So um, to me, and that aspect, you know, he'll always be um, heroic in my mind, but it doesn't make him a saint. That's mm. silly to put anybody in that, in that position. When we do that, we start relying on someone to be everything for us, when in fact, it's up to each and every one of us to govern ourselves and make our own choices and live our own lives true to soul with integrity and strength of spirit. It's up to us. Not we need to stop waiting on um, someone to do it for us. Yeah, someone to come and save us. And what we're talking about there was obviously the whole Masonic black and white thinking floor. And they show you said so the duality thinking. It's extreme thinking, and then you see the yin and yang. But the yin and yang has the opposite color dot in them to show that you have a bit of either in you. You have your dark and your light sides, and people are like that. And you mentioned in an interview that that George Bush Jr. was also possibly abused himself and I found that really interesting because people kind of and myself until I, I've understood some other things and I've started to grow up a bit and grow older and hit my 40s to understand things aren't just I suppose if you when you look into the conspiracy sometimes you see you do start to see conspiracies in everything but he was an abuse victim as well from what you were saying so you know what I mean there's 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 other sides to things going on here things aren't just always as you just said black and white these people are people at the end of the day Yes, he was a Manchurian candidate and, and to the, to the um, absolute max. He was raised in MK Ultra. He was sexually abused as a child. I witnessed him being horrifically abused by his own father and Dick Cheney. Um, and um, it's, it's, it's horrific what, what he endured. What would he choose to do? Um, apparently not what they wanted done for the new world order, they wouldn't have had to use mind control on him. He would have just carried on the, the family lineage. And then I think it's important too, to look at someone like Ronald Reagan, because again, mind control is a sliding scale. And Ronald Reagan was, um, spoke about freedom and constitutional values of, of the United States and our sovereignty and um, very patriotic passion. And so when he was elected and put into the office of president, apparently he wasn't complying with the new world order agenda. So the assassination attempt on him was yeah. going to take care of that problem one way or another, either eliminate him so George Bush could take over or traumatize him so George Bush took over. Having been exposed to Reagan as extensively as I was throughout the 80s, I know for a fact that George Bush ran Reagan's administration, treated him and Dick Cheney both, treated Reagan like dirt. And there is a level of mind control that was obviously imposed in the wake of 
that assassination attempt on Reagan. So when we look back on what occurred during the Reagan administration in my testimony, Transformation of America, that, that, that details the events, it's the Secret Service and US Customs had validated all the information in Transformation of America. And it is just the events with no perceptual um, aspect added. It's like legal information that was for Congress and it's all you know, law. So the information in there is the events that happened with Ronald Reagan. Would he have chose those events if he had had free thought? I certainly wouldn't have done what I did under my control if I'd have had free thought. It's absolutely horrific to think what I was used for and used in during the Reagan Bush administration. It's um, very difficult. What would Reagan have done? You know, would he have imposed um, global education into the school system? Would he sold out our US constitution in favor of the new world order controls? I don't think so. And I think that's why there was so much undue influence there. When we start realizing that there are levels of mind control exerted on different, exerted on different politicians on a global scale, then um, again, we'll realize that we can't count on our politicians to just do one thing. Even if their intentions are good going in, they could be mind controlled once they're on the inside. So knowledge is our defense against mind control. And it's something that we have to factor into the equation on politics and in all aspects of life so in education so that going forward, we can maintain the sanctity of free thought. Our free thought is sacred. It is what allows us to have our strength of spirit and to stand for the things and the moral principles and to live our life's purpose, to be able to live in harmony with that flow. Because to me, that was the most horrific thing was having my, my life's purpose. So I didn't get to live that, that purpose. Now that I am free to live it, um, it's a celebration for me every day that I never take for granted. It's, it's, it's so good to live in that flow. And anyone who is not able to experience that, it's, it's sad to me to think of the Marilyn Monroe's, the Michael Jacksons, and even the Ronald Reagans that passed away without being able to live that and maybe, um, maybe rectify what the bad that they had done mm. in their life. I think, was it Reagan that they said towards the end of him, he, he seemed to be um, showing signs of Alzheimer's. And I do wonder with the Biden situation, is this mind control that we're seeing or it, there's a correlation there of clear levels. It, it seems to be Alzheimer's, but it could it be something else. Yes, you, mind control, factor it in because it definitely as a fact, as the misnamed, you know, and, and people, since they don't understand or recognize mind control, um, would gravitate towards Alzheimer's or, mm -hmm. you know, or something that they are familiar with, rather than expand their mind to realize that mind control is being imposed with the technologies that they have now, the technological aspects of mind control, where um, the effects of trauma actually, you know, close 
the neuron pathways in the brain, they can actually be vibrated through harmonics as well, you know, to, to where the, the mind is uh, manipulated and, um, and, and shut down. So we've got, to, we've got to consider the technological aspects as well. And when we do that, I think we're going to start realizing that it really is up to each and every one of us to govern ourselves, to unite in purpose, and realize that the divisiveness that's been imposed on us is racial divisions and gender divisions and all this nonsense, it's only skin deep. Um, is being done to keep us from communicating, much like the different, you know, compartments in my brain that were formed through all the trauma stopped me from having any free thought or inner communication between those aspects of my brain. So that made me more easily led. Society works the same way. It's more easily led when it's compartmentalized and people aren't, aren't sharing truth. So we need to unite. And when we find our our, our free thought, free will, strength of spirit, we're going to find that at the, that soul level is where we all unite. That's where we have compassion. That's where we have understanding for each other. When we know our own truth, we recognize it in the others around us. And we're able to reach out to each other again and have that natural loving unity that really does bind humanity on a global scale anyway. It's just who we are. It's our nature. It's the nature of our being. And we need to get back to that. And we'll just all naturally unite on that level. And that's where um, inner peace is. And world peace begins with inner peace. It was fascinating you, you were talking about. I want to come back to this global kind of compartmentalization through differences of the mind. So in, in an analogy of how, what happened to you, but on a global scale, it's using almost like the Tower of Babel. We can't communicate between each other and they're dividing it up. Right. But, but before you spoke, Pelosi seems to, Nancy Pelosi seems to have got more cognitively unable as it's gone on over the last couple of years. And I remember when Michael Jackson started speaking out against Sony in the late 90s and they put Yuri yeah. Geller with him who's a clear Mossad agent clearly and 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 that he was going around Fulham Football Club in the UK with eyes half closed and um, they seemed to do that to him and you mentioned Michael Jackson I keep coming back to him I was a big Michael Jackson fan and I followed his abuse going through the years and I could see that what was happening to him in the late 90s they put him with Oprah Winfrey at that big interview Dave Geffen who runs Hollywood Paul McCartney was around him they were, he was surrounded by Spielberg and it fascinated me because yeah. I could see the abuse that was going on with this. Yes. And people forget he was a little boy. He was seven years old when he started in, in the industry, growing up in the Jehovah Witnesses Church. And he had the Osmonds as well, who were the Mormons and yes. the Jacksons were the Jehovah's Witnesses. And there's more to go in the background. But um, do you think that, that people, how, why do you think people find it so hard to accept that mind control happens when there's clear evidence that this going on for years? Is it because of the Hollywood glitz that this has been given? So it almost makes it, superhuman actually it's quite logical literally when you when you kind of break it down well when project paperclip happened and we brought in the nazi and fascist scientists and um the war wasn't world war ii wasn't won it was just transferred over to the u.s and really throughout the world it 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 went out there but as that happened 
1947 National Security Act went into place. The CIA was born and in the US. And there's no coincidence there because it's all about containment of information. And the information on mind brain function, the information on mind control is imperative that we have that, but it's been suppressed for generations. Knowledge is our defense against mind control. Fortunately for me, intelligence insider Mark Phillips was working on the highest levels of mind sciences in the US intelligence community. Mark was a spook and that means he was above the CIA. He wore whatever hat he needed to, to be wherever he needed to be. And by understanding mind brain function to the degree that he did, he knew that if spies were tortured and turned by you know, the enemy, then they could actually heal using specific methods on the effects of trauma on the human mind and the healing methods that have been suppressed from society very deliberately under national security all along because that same information would empower us all to maintain our free thought. Mark was so disgusted when he was at the war college studying these mind sciences to see someone like Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino, founder of the occult temple of set proliferating on US military bases. And my primary mind control programmer um, was heavily involved in finding how to use occult trauma, blood traumas um, to manipulate the minds of the US military and the population as a whole. So right away, Mark and he were like enemies because Mark was wanting to was studying the information to maintain the integrity of free thought. And then he was seeing what someone like Michael Aquino was doing with it. And in the meantime, all of it was being suppressed under national security. This is our mind brain function. We all have a right to know and a need to know this information. And yet this information was kept from society. It was kept from the education system. It was kept from mental health. It was kept from medical health. It was, it's inexcusable because the way to deal with trauma and, the, and to understand that kind of mind-brain function is so simple that the methods that Mark Phillips knew, he decided he was gonna do something about it. Rescued my daughter and me right out of the Washington DC swamp and handed me keys to my own mind so that I could reclaim my free thought, my free will, soul expression, and live my, my life's purpose. Mark was determined to be able to um, empower me to heal and in that process to be able to show that someone can heal from mind control. Well, these perpetrators who had abused me, these perpetrators, staked their own reputations and many government secrets on the belief that I could not be deprogrammed to remember the things that I'd been tortured to forget. But they never counted on the strength of the human spirit. They never counted on the strength of the human spirit and someone like Mark Phillips who would use it to free a mind rather than control one. Um, and so when Mark handed me those keys, 
I started writing out my memory. That was the first thing Mark told me as a pen is mightier than the sword. And it takes the logic part of the brain to move a pen. Mm. So as my memory began flashing and those neuron pathways were opening up in my brain because I was at that age 30 when that oftentimes happened with the electrochemical changes. And also because I was safe for the first time in my life, those neuron pathways just started leaking and I was getting memory flashes of all those things that I had experienced. And as I got those flashes, I picked up the pen and I wrote them out. What that does is it shifts it over to logic, the information, this emotionally comprehensible repressed memory over to logic put it out on paper where then I consciously see it and can consciously and logically deal with what had happened. What this does is it heals the brain and it heals the mind. And in that process, it, the soul is so resilient. The strength of the human spirit is so resilient. Our brains are resilient. We have this amazing capacity within us to heal. And those healing methods that Mark taught me um, included the rule, kind of a house rule to voice no negatives without a solution. Well, I had only followed orders for 30 years of my life and I could only do what I'd been programmed to do. And I had no free thought of my own. And my mind didn't know how to make a simple decision like what to have for dinner. I, it was like my brain would go off into a black hole because somebody wasn't telling me what, what that was. So as I wrote out my memory and started gaining access to my own brain again with the neuron pathways opening up, I had to learn to think for myself. And because I could voice no negatives without a solution, to think in terms of a solution was, it. it it caused my brain to fire in brand new directions in these new ways that I hadn't ever thought before. And it be forced to think in terms of a solution also lifted me out of that dark pit of negativity, um, out of the fear, out of the trauma of, of what had happened to be able to rise above the storm, so to speak, and to be able to see clearly a path forward for the first time. And as, as I gained that, I had to learn who I am. And I certainly couldn't figure that out based on other people's input. I'd had enough of that in my life. I had to find out who I am at the base core energy of my being. And I found that base core energy to be love. People told me I needed to love myself and how could I love myself after what I'd been forced to do under mind control, after all that my daughter had endured? How could I love myself? Well, daily affirmations couldn't even bring me to that. But when I found that I am love, the energy of my being is love. That's more than an emotion. It's more than, than a simple definition. It's an energy, vibrational energy. It's who I am. So I started living the love that I am. Now it's much easier than trying to love myself. I get to live the love that I am. So when I finally made that realization, um, I still had to deal with the reality of what I've been forced to do under mind control. And Mark told me, he said, you're not responsible for what you've been tortured to do. You're not responsible 
for what others used your body for. You're not responsible for the programming that you experienced. But now that you're consciously aware, you are responsible for everything you do going forward. And I thought, how exciting. You know, I mean, like, it's like having a, a, a clean slate, you know? And now I get to go forward and make my own decisions. And I was going to make sure that everything I did was in harmony with my life's purpose. Everything I did was true to soul. Everything I did was of my own free will. I was going to make sure that I turned the negative of my past into a positive that empowers others. I wanted to take all that I'd been forced to do under my control and bring it to light where it can be stopped, where everyone can become aware of exactly what mind control entails so that they too can reclaim their free thought, their free will, their soul expression, their strength as spirit. So I've looked forward to being able to share the healing methods that Mark taught me that empowered me to heal from within, not from outside input, not from, not from any um, like hypnosis. You know, people would ask Mark, they say, well, did you hypnotize her? And he said, no, that would be like drowning a fish. Yeah. She's already in a trance. She needs to wake up from that trance. She needs to be unhypnotized and only she can do it from within by regaining free thought. So all the methods that Mark taught me for healing are in PTSD, Time to Heal. And we were able to um, release that in 2016 prior to Mark's passing, which was monumental for us both. Mark could not release that information because he was bound by laws of sedition um, since he was exposed to it while in intelligence in national security was on it, but it was my experience to heal with it. So I could release the information that way. And when we found that way to release it, we did. And um, so it was written from my healing perspective. It's not about me. It's about healing. It's about mind brain function. And it's about, it's about everyone who reads it, that they can find their own truth, that they can expand their own thinking, that they can make their brain fire in ways that are new with uh, beyond what they've been told by controlled media or misled in education or, or whatever, so that they can learn to critically analyze, um, know their own truth, recognize truth in others, reach out to others with compassion. And when I saw mind control masked as a virus being imposed on a global scale to usher in this, this new world order. I posted those healing methods on my website in a ebook form. So with a pay what you can, if you can option. So everybody can have it now, regardless of income, wherever in the world they are, they can take this easy to self-apply information and apply it to themselves and write out their fears, write out their traumas with a solution and be able to um, reclaim their inner peace and their, uh, their free thought, just like, just like I did. I want to come back to that before we go and talk about your book, Time to Heal as well, and maybe give like one bit of information that, um, or, or kind of 
advice that you could give people that suffer from so ptsd is post-traumatic stress disorder obviously so people that don't know that go and have a look at that oh yeah a lot of people that, that go come out of war situations or even abuse a lot of people i got beat up quite bad in my my, uh, my late 20 i'm sorry my uh, my late teens and that cause ptsd issues as well so it could be anything that's traumatic obviously yes. um yes. and that is a lot of people obviously are going to have that now going through these last two years um, and again that's a sliding scale but i wanted to ask you when you were talking there about when you kind of started to sort of put these neural pathways together and start to heal from this where was there a moment when you you realized who kathy was you started to recognize yourself as kathy because before that you were someone who she said you were almost robotic was there a moment when you started to recognize you as you like almost like a like a child would do at some point they'll look in the mirror and they recognize they are that's them they're looking at was there a moment or yeah that just fascinates me when you kind of come back to life yes when I found myself at the base core energy of my being and um when I first gained um free thought conscious awareness um that was a, um, an important moment too. And that was uh, Mark strapped a watch on, yeah. on, my, on my arm and said a concept of time equates to a concept of awareness. And in my compartmentalized mind where the neuron pathway shut down around my father's sexual abuse and it shut down over here around pornography, it shut down over here around Catholic um, occult ritual abuse and priest pedophilia when it shut down around the criminal covert operations I was forced to participate in when it shut you know down around the tortures and all that there's no intercommunication because it's the neuron pathways in my brain were actually physically shut down and because of that I had a heightened endurance this part of me over here didn't know what happened over here right. and therefore there was no signal from my brain to say that my body should be tired this creates an amazing um ability physical and endurance capacity i also have developed 44 times visual acuity that's like having eyes in the back of the head to see trauma before it happens you know it's yep. a defense mechanism and with that visual acuity um it was another aspect of my brain that I'd been blasted into, along with heightened intuitions and, 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 and other aspects. But I had no thought going in between. And because I had no thought, I had no awareness. So there was no concept of time whatsoever. When sure. Mark rescued my daughter and me, I didn't know how old I was. I didn't know where I had been for 30 years. I didn't know what year it was. I had no concept of any of that. My concept of time was completely um, eradicated at that point. So by monitoring time, it would keep me from dissociating further into those compartments and keep me consciously present as those neuron pathways opened up and I gained that awareness by writing out memory. So um, the, the concept of time is extremely important to that um, awareness. And as I gained that awareness, that was um, a major part of knowing who I am. When I was tortured, my spirit was always in a safe, loving space. Like I said, they can't possess a human spirit. No matter how demonic they are, they can't possess it 
They can only suppress expression of it through mind control. But my spirit was always in a safe, loving space, kind of like when people are in a really bad accident and they talk about like that silver thread that they're up, they get an overview of the scenario and they got that little thread. I, I experienced that. And while my spirit was in that safe, loving space, I gained um, such strength in that space. And it became like a freeway for me. It's not, I think people pray to go there. I think they meditate to uh, go to that space when in fact, for me, it's just, a, you know, the, I keep that wide open mm -hmm. and I keep that flow and that attachment to that at all times. So within that space is life's purpose and it's my identity, who I am. And, um, you know, again, so at the base core energy of my being where, where this, this whole spiritual aspect is and life's purpose is, is where I found my identity. And it's who I knew myself to be as a, as a little child is exactly the same of where I'm at today. I know that happens. I've had the same experience myself when I, I was born without an esophagus and um i was a lot of operations when i was a kid and i was one of them i specifically remember i'm probably about five or six seeing myself from the top corner of the the theater being operated on and i could hear my dad and other people in different rooms and see myself on there and i, I remember it vividly so i know that happens and it is the exact yes. same feeling like i was in the top right hand corner of the room looking down and um people quite disassociation but i was a anesthetized i was a baby so but i remember seeing it so i know exactly what you're you're talking about and i know that feeling of of freedom of that second and then you're back in and you and you got like and you have a photographic memory of it auditory as well brains... auditory as well i can yeah. hear everything that wasn't even in the room that was going on but i could understand it all yeah. it's like watching the security cameras and hearing all the audio, but I could understand and see everything multiple everywhere. It was like I had eyes everywhere and ears everywhere. Um, and it, and it was, um, and I could understand it all logically understand. And I was five, so I could understand why everyone my ears and it was a brief split second, but it was there. So I can completely get what you're saying, concur with what you're saying there, um, um, as well. So there is another level to this, isn't there? Isn't there? And um, when we yeah. move on next, and I want to, uh, we'll come back to your book quickly before we go and take up to your time. But obviously, Mark um, is no longer with us. I think it was 2017 he passed away. How has it been for you? It must be to have that someone who does that much of an impact on you. Um, you're keeping his work going forward. You're keeping his, you're keeping him with us through your work, your PTSD time to heal. Is that kind of part you feeling with you doing your work? Is he? Is that something you kind of like thrive with? Is he still there with you as you, you do your interviews, as you write your books, as you give your talks? Because you're still going, doing this stuff. Yes, it's like when, when he passed away, it was so traumatic, but my heart didn't break into it. It's like more like double, double size. I carry his, his love within me and our shared life's purpose because for 30 years, Mark and I spoke out on a global scale together, raising awareness and bringing truth to light on mind control and the plan of this new world order, um, this cabal that we're all experiencing today. We've been raising awareness. We, we raised awareness together on it for, for 30 years. 
Um, when Mark first rescued me, I, I didn't know how to trust and his animals taught me how to trust yeah. because they animals have that instinct and I had that instinct. And then, so it was, it was amazing in, in that regard. And as I loved Mark right away, it was like a recognition. And yet he, we didn't have a loving relationship at first. He said, you have to heal. I don't want you one piece at a time. I want all of you at once. You have to heal in order to have something to give in a relationship. So by the time I healed and we, we were just naturally falling, you know, in, in, in love because it's, it's so profound. It's like my soulmate and, and, and everything else. We weren't 50, 50. We were a hundred, a hundred. We were both a hundred percent in who we are, which made for a very, um, a very strong force going forward. We didn't have any of that push pull stuff. It was, it was all a hundred percent positive. So it was the most amazing, loving relationship to um, experience. We didn't, we didn't argue. We certainly disagreed, uh, but we didn't argue because we got to learn something, you know, yeah. and it, it, the things that people argue over is so ridiculous. And I'm so glad I, that wasn't part of our relationship. So when, when, when Mark passed away, I reapplied um, what I had learned in PTSD time to heal. And um, I wrote a zillion poems because that's my personal way of venting. I, I did it all through my healing. I wrote, I vented through poems and always with a solution. And I wrote, I just wrote so many, um, so many poems to, in order to stay present because I knew that I was vulnerable from the trauma, that I was more suggestible. Um, and I had to safeguard my free thought because there were people um, who would prefer I wasn't speaking out mm -hmm. that I knew could be a threat. So I needed to be extra strong. And by uh, reapplying those methods, um, I was able to stay strong and make the conscious choice to continue our shared life's purpose and um and, and carry that love with me every step of the way. It, it, it empowers and strengthens me. And that's, um, that's a, a, a beautiful way for, for it to be. Um, that's the most positive out of that negative that, that can come. And if it wasn't for guys like you, people wouldn't understand what's going on to them right now on a global scale and and bringing this information as what mind control is and how we're being manipulated on a global scale now but on an individual scale too and obviously time to heal just before we go the time to heal obviously it has a link back to the watch on your on your wrist yes. the time is important um a part of the ptsd so any, any sort of advice from the book time to heal ptsd time to heal for anyone that's going through the last couple of years whether it's on a personal level or on a global level that they could do to start getting themselves maybe out of this feeling of where we're going all we're hearing about is the great reset and klaus schwab and the world keep not before him and new world order and and you know someone who looks into this as much as i do i look into philosophy a lot um because it's the storytelling and the narratives and the allegories that give me hope what advice would you give anyone just to start to heal from the last couple of years? Well, uh, PTSD, like you said, is post-traumatic post stress disorder. 
And it's just the way our brains respond to trauma. And even if someone didn't experience trauma throughout this, which I can't even imagine, um, the fact is the information on mind-brain function when trauma occurs has been suppressed. And it's something that we all need to um, understand and to know because it will give us knowledge, which is our defense against mind control. So for if no other reason, pick up PTSD time to heal and learn about that mind brain function. And it will help us to recognize what's going on in society around us instead of being so snap judgmental about each other to be able to reach out with compassion and care to realize the effects that the controlled media has had on us, not only with traumatic images playing over and over and over um, on our on our televisions, but what neuro-linguistic programming is, what the language of the subconscious is, we need to know what that is so that we can safeguard ourselves against that influence as well. Um, and I would encourage everyone to gain that knowledge um, so that even, even something as simple as advertisements on television saying what, what pharmaceutical to, to buy for a cold or what um, what food to buy in the grocery store when you go in, you might impulse buy that item because you've been subconsciously manipulated. So everybody needs this information on some level or another, because by understanding that you walk into the store, pick up an item and read the ingredients and know what the nutritional value is for you and whether or not the pharmaceutical companies are tainting your food. You know, So these are important things that are going to affect all walks of life in the simple, easy to self-apply methods in PTSD time to heal. Then taking it into traumas and its sliding scale. My gosh, so many people have lost loved ones um, through these this past couple of years that it will help with that as well, just as it did me um, when Mark passed away. So I encourage everyone, no matter what their walk of life is no matter what their life's experience is, pick up PTSD, time to heal and apply it, read it, understand it and realize that we need to get handwriting back into our school systems. It was taken out very deliberately because moving that pen uses the, the logic part of the brain and opens up critical analysis. They don't want critical analysis in the school system on this global education program. So we need to get that back in. We'll learn how we can affect our society in so many positive ways by applying the simple methods and PTSD time to heal, which includes uh, my favorite part, getting out in nature, get some sunlight in your eyes, breathe in the fresh air and listen to nature. There's so much we can gain by listening to the birds and watching nature interact harmoniously. Uh, it's, it's beautiful. We need to get back to that. And um, PTSD Time to Heal has a lot of good tips in it for coping, for being able to overcome night terrors, to be able to get good rest at night, to be able to um, monitor your nutrition, which is important to the whole process as well. So it's full of great information. And I would encourage everybody to check out PTSD Time to Heal. It's on my website, um, trance-formation.com. 
as T-R-A-N-C-E-Formation.com. It's, um, it's posted there. So everybody can have it regardless of income. Well, that's fantastic. And I'll put all the links below, but thank you for your time. And it's been wonderful to get to speak to you. I've wanted to speak to you for a, for a few years. And it's great that we've got to speak, speak about some more positive things and not speak about the, the, the mind controls so much, because I think it's, as you say, it's always good to have a solution at the end of this as well. And when you say get out in nature with the lockdowns the last couple of years, is exactly what they're taking away from us. So um, repeat just your website just again and where people can contact you before before we go. They can contact me through my website, which is trance, T-R-A-N-C-E dash formation.com. Okay, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you, Kathy, for your time. And we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Your call is important to us. Hello and welcome to tonight's show. You've arrived at your destination. Connecting.